Yeah, everyone's recording. Everyone's good. Everyone's got their bevies. Oh, man. This is going to be fun. <laughs> All right. This is The Bus. You're listening to Drop the Dice. What's up, everybody? This is Ben from www.dropthedice.com. Happy New Year, everybody. I am so excited. We are here. It's 2022. 2021 was amazing. Um, before we get to the, all the fun you stuff, let's talk about some introductions. That statement. <laughs> I, I know. So I, speak, <laughs> I, I know. Okay, okay. So I, I was excited. I got ahead of myself. Uh, speaking to you right now is Rico Wasman, the flyover correspondent, the new head of business affairs, and I know 2022 is going to be a big year for you. What's going on, man? And the perpetual pessimist. What's up? <laughs> uh, always with as well as one of the first founding fathers of Drop the Dice, the guy who's always got a bevy in his hand, and our new head of R&D, Alfie. What's going on? Cheers. Special guest today on this top 10 edition of 2021, we have the one member who forced himself into 1.0 and our head of merchandise and design Dolby what's going on gotta stop saying I forced my, myself in it just sounds so funny though <laughs> I am 1.0 there you go oh. this is what I'm saying okay so 2021 you're right Rico so how do we quantify that dude 2021 was a year of success if you go back we averaged one and a half episodes a month which is more than we've ever done that's crazy I mean, there's most of those months we got a solid two to three episodes on towards the end of the year i happened to work in a hawaiian themed grocery store and kind of fell off because it got a little busy but we were still able to get out some really good content <laughs> guys we successfully did our top 50 games of all time yep that was awesome. That was a good like series of episodes we had. That was fun to do, um, fun to record over a period of a couple months. That was a that was a good time. We found a new format with uh, Alfie apparently be the trivia genius, uh, but the three episodes that we got in the can have been amazing, and I've heard uh, great reviews from people who don't even like board games. This kid at work came up to me and he's like, "Yo, I heard your your three trivia podcasts. They were great." Nice. Wow. That's I was like, fun. Did you even get any of that? He's like, no, cool. but you guys were killing it. That's cool. Oh, that's, awesome. that's good to know. But not only that, dude, on the personal side, Drop the Dice moved to a new headquarters. HQ4. Like we're now in headquarters 4.0, uh, which <laughs> is weird because there's only been two. Uh, me and Dolby have become the official uh, Drop the Dice traveling team. We went to DTD Oscars Con 2021 in Nashville. Yep. Rico, our first time visiting you. Yep, that was awesome. Uh, that was amazing, and we showed everybody just how cool the Oscars can be. This year sounds even better with some very surprising special guests who might show up. Dude, <laughs> we fucking went to Essen in the middle of a pandemic. It, I, you know what? If you only look at board games in 2021, it was a phenomenal year. <laughs> Dude, Alfie... We're sad to say that we didn't see you that much. I know. I didn't. Okay, I didn't like, even... Your house looks amazing. It sounds like you're doing great Thank over you. there. We are. We are doing great. Um, I will be coming out February. You'll be seeing me. Uh, but I, it was it was crazy to think about that when you were going through and I was thinking about like everything you guys did. And I was like, I didn't play games with you guys once last year. Yeah. 
Not a great year. No Not a great year uh, for, for Alfie. We have already started trying to figure out what we're going to play. I can't wait. I think the can't last wait. time I played with Staten was uh, Red Ru- not Red Rising, uh, Rising Sun. Oh gosh! No, I don't think that's right. I, I... <laughs> Were you there at all during the pandemic when I came? I don't think so. Twenty twenty. I think that I was still on lockdown. Oh, it was when I was super sick and I left in the middle of Red Rising. That yeah. is, I can't not think of a finer uh, moment. Uh, Rising Sun. Rising. I, got, I was uh, sick. I left in that. the middle of Rising Sun. It was my finest moment, probably, with uh, board games. <laughs> like, talk about, like, the most intense, like, rule-heavy board game. <laughs> you're just like, and that was I, close I, to the start of coming relatively consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Because that might have been the same day when you scored a solid zero at Bunny Kingdom. Oh, man. Bunny Kingdom was just a bad <laughs> so time for me. I, that was just a pure product of me like having way too much drink way too fast. And yeah. I, I I couldn't concentrate on one single set of the rules that, so that I had. No, I, I still couldn't tell you part. what to do during Bunny Kingdom. Couldn't tell you what that game was about. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is 2021 was the year of the campaign game. The year of the legacy game. I and while it, it might I not have been it. as successful... And I don't think we talked about it nearly as much as I'd hoped we would. Um, me and Dolby successfully finished Bloodborne. Ooh, no, the uh, first s- campaign? or No, we like picked like a, a... RC is huge into the video game. Okay. So he picked uh, Kanehurst Castle. Oh, nice. Which is one of his favorite levels. Cool. And so we did that. Um, we successfully played a handful of games of Oath. Uh, we've gotten halfway through Betrayal Legacy... We're game two in the Clank Legacy. Uh, nice. We play the Alien miniature games the proper way. Nice. All these things that we've started, but of course we have not finished. Yeah, I, Rico, yes. how'd you do? Oh man, I did so good. I got through like five complete Legacy campaign games and also started a handful of others. I got halfway through the crew this last uh, Christmas break. Nice. So I mean, I was. Uh, I got my list written down somewhere. Um, but yeah, you're the campaign. I, I was in the same boat. It kind of had this like backlog that I've had for a couple of years. <laughs> I, I, I basically like said to myself, a... if I don't start playing these, I have to stop buying them. So which exactly. ones were you playing? Just a couple off the top of your head? Um, I got through almost all of the King's Dilemma. I did Aeon's End Legacy. I did the Initiative. My uh, city. I did all of my city. Yep. That's awesome. Oh, you finished Sleeping Gods? No, you almost finished Sleeping Gods. I'm too... Yeah, I'm like... I'm almost done with one run of a campaign. <laughs> I mean, because it, it doesn't really matter how many times you play it. Right. You're going to have right. a couple, like, perpetual things that carry over. But besides those, you just do it again and go to new places. So... Right. Yeah. All right. So that was kind of 2021 in a nutshell. I'm pretty excited to see what 2022 has. We haven't really talked about what sort of thematics we want to look forward to. Um, like I said, DTD OscarCon 2022 looks to be pretty exciting already. We're going to we should have some news coming up here pretty soon. We're booked. Uh, yeah, we, we, flights are booked. Uh, we're just waiting on a surprise guest. The ultimate uh, surprise SN- guest. 
Looks like it should happen again. I mean, whether we eat raw pork again, that maintains to be seen. <laughs> um, looking for, like I said, looking forward to Alfie coming out. Looking forward to Rico coming out again. Uh, and Rico, always excited to see if you end up going to Gen Con and, and letting us know all the secrets that you find there. Oh yeah. Are you going okay. this year? Uh, if I if I go to Essen, maybe not. Like, but that being said, when that weekend rolls around especially if I don't have anything to do, it's only a four-hour drive. Like, it doesn't yeah, make sense like, to not go. Oh, that's crazy. That's not bad at all. Yeah. You just hop in my car and show up, you know? Yeah. It's not too far for you, is it? It's probably like seven, eight hours, maybe. Oh, is it? Okay. I think Chicago's okay. six. Okay. okay. All right. So, down to the task at hand. We're going to go through our top tens. Um, we're gonna try this a little bit differently than normal. We have all of our top tens in front of us. We're gonna run through each of them, and then we're just gonna kind of have a uh, a melange of sounds as we as we talk about the various games therein. So hopefully we'll get to everything we want to talk about. Um, obviously, feel free to focus on something that you really wanted to make sure was said. Just looking at these lists, I have so many questions already. Uh, I mean, once we get into it, you'll see. I'm pretty sure me and Dolby have the most common list. Rico and Alfie, your guys' list sounds so exciting. So, Rico, let's start with you. Okay. Why don't you go through your 10 through 1, and then we'll keep going. Cool. Uh, I played roughly, I don't think I missed too many, but 48 new games in 2022 or 2022 released. Dang. 2021, my bad, released games. So I got about 50 games to choose from, and I took a couple of passes at this. And, and my one disclaimer I'm going to say is, like, the number 10 is always the harder spot for me to fill on these lists. It ends up being, like, a floater. And to your earlier point, Alfie, if I hadn't had to show you guys the list, I have a feeling, like, that number 10 spot would have changed three times already. Like just, like, <laughs> when I have to put it down, I, I can't make up that 10th spot. Because um, there were a lot, lot of good games. I'm looking at import export as just that man. Maybe that should really be number ten. Um, so with that disclaimer, I've got number ten, micro macro. Number nine, Radlands. Number eight, Scout. Cubitos, Onk, Dominant Species Marine, Merchant Cove, Mine Management, The Key, and Sleeping Gods. Nice. Uh, I'll go next. Um, again, that's it's a pretty good point of how your number 10 might be the hardest. I don't know if I agree with that, but yeah, I easily have a, cu a couple of honorable mentions. Maybe we'll get to those a little bit later. But the one caveat for my list is in order so that I didn't have to put import-export and a couple of other games on here, I do not have second editions or reprints, even if they were wildly different, which import-export did evolve quite a bit. Okay. My number 10, roll camera. My number 9... Mind MGMT, number eight, Unsettled, number seven, Assassin's Creed, number six, Bloodborne, number five, Siege of Rundar, number four, Origins, number three, Rocketman, number two, Sleeping Gods, and number one, Oath. Uh, all right, John Dalby. Cool. So I did a quick count of our list, and I think I did 34 2021 games. According nice. to that, so that's got to be the most I've ever played ever yeah. in a year. I mean, Essen helped. Essen definitely helped, uh, which I have a couple of these on there that are from Essen. So, uh, so rounding up number ten was uh, Die of the Dead, 
Number nine, Siege of Rundar. Number eight is Blood of the Northmen. Number seven, Sea of Legends. Six, Rulebenders. Five, Oath. Four, Red Rising. And top three is Intrepid, Origins, and Rocketmen. Solid, man. I'm really excited. All right, Alfie. Um, in the same vein, uh, what you guys saying? I played, I think, a little just under 40, maybe 38, 37 games this year. Um, that was a pretty good year. Uh, but, yeah, like Rico alluded to earlier, I was very much prepared to just kind of, like, pretend it was, like, a fantasy football draft and just start, like, picking stuff <laughs> off, be like, oh, I like that one. Like, I, I had, like, my favorite games, and then after that I had about 10 games that were all kind of in that running for, like, I, I liked all these quite a bit, you know. So, um, but without further ado, my number ten is Unforgiven. Nine is Final Girl. Eight is Art Deco. Seven is Bloodborne. Six Subastral. Five Corrosion. Four Intrepid. Three Furnace. Two Lawyer Up, and one Dominant Species Marine. All right. Okay. So before we go into this, the one thing I want to say is I literally just took off Intrepid yesterday, and that would have been a three-way. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I only played it once, or but I have a feeling that if I play it more than that, it would it would be on this list. I mean, look how high it is for both of you guys. Three for Dolby and four for Alfie. Uh, Alfie, how many times did you play Intrepid? Two and a half. Did you beat it ever? No. Okay, how close no. did you get it? Um, I don't know. I played for a while. We got to the last mission, but we like we did, we died. I think I might have gotten to the last on one of them, but um, the other I got pretty far. I don't remember exactly. Do you remember which mission you did by the ch- by chance? No, I don't remember. We did. I think did we do the meteor both times? I think we did. That sounds yeah. familiar. That sounds like what well, that might have been the one we stopped halfway through. It's probably you know, what it recommends in the rule book, saying, oh, yeah. if it's your first time playing, play the Meteor Shower or how something. Many, how many players did you play at, Alfie? Uh, three and two solo. Was, at three, was it hard for the person who had to run two boards? Yeah. Okay. And that's what we ran into. Oh, aside from the fact that we played it wrong. What did you do wrong? Uh, we uh, didn't do the coloring correctly it's you know how there's the like the red and blue sides the tiles that each faction has so benito and i both had mixtures of both red and blue to start out with and we totally messed that up yeah 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 made it so hard to get like at least one of the resources each each turn right right um, but Intrepid, so real quick for those of you guys who don't know, just a, like a survival space game, you guys are all on the space station, you each play a different country, and each of the countries plays so differently. Did you happen to encounter Malaysia? No. Okay. Dolby played Malaysia and could not stand it. What, what's uh, what's their like, unique thing? Uh, Malaysia, what, what, what was it? Well, where, so where are they on the was... difficulty level? They were They're... a three or a okay. four. One of the, they are the one of the highest ones. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. A, a lot of their uh, dice that you needed to get was doubles. Um, oh. And so their their power to manipulate the dice was that you could increase or decrease the dice all by dice. one. But but it had to be all the dice. 
Oh, so that's you could do it. But whereas most factions would wrap, right. so like yeah, yeah. a six would go to a one. Right, Malaysia, that's a super, if you ever, super helpful one. Yeah, so for Malaysia, you can increase and decrease all your dice, which is really cool. However, at the same time, uh, if you had a six and you increase all your dice, all the sixes would go away. Yeah, yeah. So you had to be like super careful about trying to get. Uh, super careful about trying to get where you use those sixes before you increase and then trying to limit the amount of damage the actual ability did to you in your okay. dice. That, Rico, you said you played it once? Yeah, I only played it once. I played it with two, so we were each controlling two. I, I think it's good. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty stoked to see Jeff Beck design this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To see him do like a larger game and kind of step out on his own. Uh, it's a phenomenal production. No one's mentioned that yet, but like yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. the dial and it, the dial is just ridiculous on, on those boards. The um, board that like opens up has like the plastic slots for tiles and stuff like sitting. It's like yeah. glued on or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so it's so nice. It's so tactile. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I I've mean, seen some just... of that dice like that dice co-op placement before, but I think that. The theme with the amount of uh, variety in the countries you can play as, and in the missions you can do, I mean, there, there, there's a lot there to that just packages it so well. I played as Japan the first time, and had so much fun. They're the ones where when you roll the dice, you have to not touch them essentially, because yep. their orientation matters, and that is so cool. The that is like, cool. the thinking game behind that is so much fun. RC played as Germany the first time, and he did great. Germany is the one where you ha- you have to like spend dice to unlock other dice. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I played that as round two. Yeah, arithmetic that, that entailed, he just got it. Is that and he was core? there just like cycling. He was also the only it? one that set up his game board correctly by accident. <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was a monster at creating power. Uh, we, we, we definitely learned the second game that you kind of got to, like, let the disasters hit you Yeah. if you're going to do the missions. Yeah. Like, you got to do the missions. If you just spend the whole time trying to stay afloat, you're going to die. Exactly, right. And that's super cool. Man, it's just like, so hard. That's so counterintuitive to the way I play games. I'm such a, like, just skate by. Yeah, yeah. You find an opening and then attack. Right. And that is just, like... Oh, it's killing me to be like, all right, let's just do it. Let's let's let's, let's put all our dice in power, and, and we'll get it. Yeah, it's a really good problem solving game when like one of the factions rolls and it's just crap, and you're like, we're gonna die this round if we can't, <laughs> you know, figure out a well, way to get them more dice and. Yeah, that I love that too. Like, okay, like you can get them more dice, but what the at max you can give them three, I think. Yeah. Like d- depending on how you, and that's if you give them all your dice. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just it's so much fun. It's like I'm into the like realistic space theme. You know, you got all the like four X oh, yeah. space games or whatever, but like I dig the like give me the international space station and let's go have some like meteors and crap hit our Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently I am not as into the realistic one because the uh the co op space game that I chose was unsettled. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I don't let me know talk about Unsettled about real. 
So let me talk about Unsettled real quick. Unsettled is the new game from Orange Nebula who did Vindication. Uh, Unsettled is another gorgeous, gorgeous production. And it's um, almost like Time Stories in the sense that it gives you a like a dashboard essentially of different of different player boards and then you plug in planets into that dashboard so in unsettled you all play astronauts and you crash land on a on a, on a planet and um, you have to figure out basically how to fix your ship and get off the planet and survive you have like this little like robot that can mine for for uh, resources and Typically, as far as I can tell, you essentially have to, like, figure out how to generate power. You have to figure out how to fix your spaceship. And the planet hates you. The planet wants to fuck you over so so hard. Um, and on each of your turns, you have dice. Or, I mean, they're more like workers. Because they only have, like, so, so many pips on them. They don't, it's not, they're not like a D6. Um, and what you do is, is you, you take these actions with dice on the board or on your player board but with at least one of your dice you have to rest because if you get to like no pips then you start like taking damage but when you do that that takes time and time is a valuable resource and you only have so much time to kind of like do everything almost like Bloodborne where like once you reach the end of this time time track you know you, you, the game starts to, to to end I had so much fun with this one I thought this was super cool. I thought the design of it was really beautiful. I thought the discussion that we were having in terms of what we were going to do on each of our turns was awesome. I love, uh, like, kind of, like, you can upgrade your stuff. So as you get certain things, you'll upgrade parts of your board, which allows you to take even more actions. This was super fun. I haven't played Vindication. I've heard mixed things. I really like this one. Okay, so then I, feel like, I want to know, Dolby, you've played both. You picked the other one. Why did you pick that one over this one? Or was there anything you didn't like about Unsettled? No, I loved Unsettled. I thought it was awesome. So th there's so much that I do like about it. But Intrepid just had that competitive edge where it's just it's so hard to, to do anything in Intrepid. And I, I want to beat it so bad, but <laughs> it's... Just a matter of trying to trying to find time to play that mm -hmm. that game again over and over. I I mean obviously I want to play Unsettled again, but Intrepid if I had to choose between like right now if I wanted to play with you guys let's all play Unsettled or Intrepid. I want to try to beat that stupid mission on Intrepid. <laughs> <clears throat> Alpha, you've never heard of this one? I've heard of it. I remember when when it was on Kickstarter. Someone I was looking at and did not back it. Um, but it did look interesting. I. I it's, is it somewhat story driven? Like you're yeah, but not not campaign, not that, like, like campaign, sleeping gods, sleeping or, gods but it, it does have like a narrative within. What yeah, you're all doing. the cards have have actually very clever f flavor text. I remember the like, I remember the campaign video was like you kind of have to be creative in what you're gonna do. Like it doesn't the game it, the video they were saying like in it like it, the game doesn't tell you like oh, you need these two things to help that person. It's like, how are you going to help them? And you're like, well, it's almost like that movie Apollo 13. It's like, all right, so we got all these disasters. Uh, what do we got in there that we can try to see if it'll work? You know, that's what they kind of made the, the campaign video kind of made Unsettled Scene, which sounded interesting. Um, uh, I could see that because you kind of like, 
And because there's three of you and then the robot. And everybody can move the robot around. So at one point, all three of us separated to go do different things. But then we realized, okay, like, we did that. Now let's all come back together so we can get out of here. And it's this, like, I don't know. It was this interesting thing. And then you do this um, one action that is essentially to carry someone. And so we figured out, like, oh, okay, like, if I go here, then RC can come pick me up, take me two spots. Dolby can take me two more spots. And then I have the engineering ability so I can go fix that thing over there. Nice. And I don't have to waste movement. Like, that kind of stuff was really cool. Yeah, another oh. interesting piece of that is having the uh, the two different, like, levels in which you can be in, right? You can be either grounded or in the air, and then depending on what's oh, happening... Oh, so that was just that planet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because each planet does has, like, different environments. Yeah, so the planet whatever, we were right? on, you can be on the ground underneath, essentially, this very smoky atmosphere, or you could be up in the smoky atmosphere, which was safe from, like, threats, but, like... I, th- I think your oxygen levels went away quickly or something, but it, it was—it's really cool. There's another one that has like um, fungus that like like is about to overtake you. There's another one that legit just has like giant monsters that are just gonna attack you. Like it's 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 awesome. It's 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 sci-fi. Mm. It's so much fun. I'm dying to play it again. This is why this one made it over Intrepid. Uh, also, Dolby owns Intrepid. Like I'm assuming that's why that made it his list. Oh, shots fired. Yeah. This this definitely well, sounds like it has a lot more soul to it. I, I thought Vindication was a lot of production into something that felt very empty. I can, okay. I, I mean, I've never played it, so yeah. Maybe it's it. That's just like an abstract cube pushing game, and this actually sounds like a little more fleshed out in terms of the world building and the theme. Right. Sounds nice. Um, okay, uh, so let's go... Can you talk about Siege of Rundar? That's on both your guys' lists, and I would recommend, if you don't know about this game, go look up a picture on BGG, because it's a pretty cool-looking like yeah. board insert that you have going on. So it's it's not an insert. It it's is... Insert. Yeah, like, the board game box is the board, okay. which is which was super cool when we were looking at it in Essen, and that's why, inevitably, we had to buy it, so... <laughs> But basically, the the board game box becomes a castle of sorts where you have a center where you can hoard all your gold, and basically goblins are trying to attack you to get this gold. And it's a it's, it was uh, reviewed as a deck builder, but it's definitely not a deck builder, but more like a deck management type game where you get to draw three cards and you have to perform certain actions and you're working with your your team, so it's a co-op to try and stop this horde of goblins from attacking you and taking the gold. And things happen, right? This is Kinesia, right? Yeah. Think about everything he just said, and then put Reiner Kinesia on it. <laughs> I know. Like it just blew my mind. That's we great. literally so okay. So we talked about this game going into Essen, and me and Dolby both were like, one of us is gonna buy it. We get to the booth, and. I think by this point, I had already been burned a couple times by Botoku and a couple of other games that just sold out. And I was just like, Dolby, you gotta get it. You gotta get it. You gotta get it. Because we saw it on the table, and I'd never seen it on the table yet. And it looked so good. And he was like, F it. Let's just get it. Let's fucking get it. We got it. We played it. It was the first game we played that night. 
and it w- it was awesome. It I argue that it probably doesn't feel like a Kinesia game, for better or worse. This is like a very smooth co-op. Uh, Rico, every time I show you pictures of it, you're like, this is so thematic. Yeah. Why didn't I bring this and play it with you guys a couple weeks ago? Because it's a four-player. Why didn't I bring it the one night where it was just us three? Oh, because Rico wanted to play Mind MGMT. Okay, that's fair. Are we, pl- uh, are we, we playing this definitely. when I come to town? Huh? Are we playing this yeah, when I come to town? Dolby has it. He can bring it. Let's do it. Uh, I would love to play this again. This is so much fun. And, like, it's tower defense. It's uh, it's also got these, like, upgrade cards where at first you're, like, the cost of those upgrade cards is so much. It's, like, get rid of all these resources, get rid of all this gold. But by the end we were, like, well, if we get rid of all of our gold but we survive the turn, that's better. So let's do that. Yeah, where, this, where it seemed like four pieces of gold out of, like, the 20 that you own seemed like a lot. But when you're, like, when it's a matter of lose four gold or lose the game, like, in hindsight, it, it was a, a great trade-off. And we should have totally used those, like, heroes a ton more during our game. We might have actually survived. The other cool thing is, is the, the whole thing is you're trying to essentially build an escape. Like, the whole point of the game isn't to to protect the castle. You're actually trying to get out of the castle. It's interesting. Like, inevitably, the castle's doomed. Hmm. And within that, there's these other... So there's those upgrade cards that do a lot of really cool stuff, but there's these other cards that basically improve your deck, improve your hand. There's 13 cards in your hand. And as you take damage, as the trolls and the goblins attack, they can damage the slots where you would essentially draw the cards from. Like, imagine playing Clank or any other deck builder, and you have the river, right? But then these people damage an entire slot, so you can no longer take cards from that slot. And it is so cool. There was uh, so many times where we were trying to build up resources to buy this very powerful weapon, right? To get to our into our decks. And then the trolls would attack, and then destroy the weapon. And we, we you're just like... You look at whoever made the wrong decision, and you're just like, "God damn it, bus! If you would have just, if you would have just shot the arrow correctly." Oh, that's great! So much fun. Uh, see, Drew, uh, Dolby, what did this land for you? It only ended number up nine? at number nine. Right before Die of the Dead. Uh, yeah, I had mine at number five, like spot, right spot in the middle. I, I still think that's that's really where. Why five? I want to say I think it's my my number five because it's Knizia, and I was just so surprised that he was able to do something so different at this point in his career. Cool. And I'm going to assume that Dolby has no idea who Rainer Knizia is. I thought maybe that was like the publisher. <laughs> so <laughs> sure, yes. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, like, like th- that's exciting. That's exciting to me to see someone so entrenched in board games to do something like this, like. Almost like seeing Vlada do code names, or like, seeing oh maybe Eric Lang does like a hardcore Euro someday. What if what if Kanitsi just like designed another puzzle game and the publisher was like yeah, and then they put the theme on it? <laughs> <laughs> it could be whatever the story is. We end up with something amazing. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so Benz, I don't know if you know this, but uh, more than half of your list are co-op games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Like, times are changing, man. 
<laughs> I am not a co-op guy. No. Wow. I think that just that had crazy. something to do with the year that it was with campaigns and it seems that most often campaigns I feel like are co-op in yeah, a sense. Seafall is like one of the rare legacy games that is not cooperative. Right. Um, yeah, man. I, 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 see, like, I you can, look numbers I can five see Alfie going, I don't know if that's true, but well, I've had to think about it for a second. I can think of Charterstone at Risk Legacy. Well, there's three. Wow. Yeah, King's okay. Dilemma, that's look four. At Al- see, this is why Alfie's head of R&D. What was the fourth one? Is King's Dilemma Risk. cooperative? No. Betrayal is, right? For the most part. Until it's not, yeah. And Pandemic is. And there's been three King's of those. Dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's, they exist. It there's is. just not as many. Okay. Like, because now you think about all the campaign games that exist, and most often campaign games are... Right, even without the like, moniker Legacy, like, they're yeah. essentially Legacy games, the long campaign games. Those, uh, yeah, for sure. They're Look mostly at cooperative. Assassin's Creed, Sleeping Gods. Right. Alfie, let's talk about Bloodborne real quick. Oh. <laughs> this was almost I'm higher I am so happy list. to see this on your list. Yeah, I had to play it online. And look at that. Me and you had it at six and seven. Essentially, we probably felt the same about it. Yeah, maybe. yeah. That was good. So that was that you was tell fun. me what you like. Yeah, right. Like you tell me what you liked about it, or us, or the our populace. Well, it's hard to talk about this without mentioning other games. So, like, I think of a little bit of like Cthulhu Death May Die with Bloodborne. Okay. I, I, I want to compare those two in my head, and, and maybe it's not a fair comparison um, beyond a couple similar mechanisms, but I just found it, it I found it fun. It was hard. It, I mean, it, it was pretty eh, It was pretty hard, I should say. It was pretty hard. Um, I didn't do the, like, if you die in the third thing, you start, like, the whole game over or whatever. Oh, but, fuck no. That's yeah, stupid. Yeah, because that's, that's stupid. Um, I don't actually want to punish myself. <laughs> like... Uh, but I found the combat very interesting. Right? With, like, the how fast so your fun. attack is. And it, to me, that was, like, oh, like realistic with it. I'm like, oh, of course. Like, you're doing some... It, it was reminiscent of a video game when it's like, oh, I'm pressing triangle power attack. It's like, that's going to be slower than, like, your X quick attack. Yeah. But the power's going to do more if it hits kind of thing. But, yeah, I just found that... I found it very, very, like, fun and interesting. And I, like, kept wanting to just keep playing. I, I thought some of the like monster spawning and barriers and f- the way fire works like there was like some some of that just seemed a little too fiddly for me sure especially when combat when combat is so easy yeah you know what I mean and and so satisfying flipping the cards so mm-hmm. I there was just something that like Cthulhu death may die I think is I rarely had to reference rules it was it's oh, very never. streamlined. Yeah. Right, but in in Bloodborne, and, and I'm sure that you get there, right, as you do any game. Yeah. But just on first glance, I was I was a little disappointed with the minutia that was there. It just didn't seem as clear as it could have been. That's fair. I I don't know what I would put between those two, which one I would put higher. But mm-hmm. I do maybe lean towards Death May Die. I think the like ramping up is pretty fun in that game. Yeah, that is. Really I fun. think they're both pretty different. Um. Bloodborne 
the way it always appealed to me was that like this took dungeon crawling and actually did something a little different with it. You know, it made combat. Um, there's no dice, right? So you have this this non-determinative combat, and it, it, that's super interesting with the way your cards work. I love the idea that I could do a bunch of stuff with my cards, but then if I get attacked, I'm fucked later. Yeah. You really got to plan that out, and and sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes you can really be like, how many people did you play with, Alfie? Just by myself. Okay. So me, Dolby, and Close RC myself. Um, and there were turns where Dolby would be like, I'm going to run in there, and I'm going to kill this bitch. I need you two to take care of those wolves, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. And then you'd have RC go like, no, no, no. I'm going to kill that bitch. You take care of the wolves, because I want to get the treasure chest. Right, right. <laughs> Typical, typical RC. It, it, was, typical it was just so much. Fun. And then, um, understanding the time track too, the first time we played it with Z-Man and Chazzy, oh, we got our asses kicked <laughs> so hard. That was that doesn't surprise me at all. We just kept going to the to the Hunter's Dream, and all of a sudden, you're at the end of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were way well, more thoughtful. We would talk to each other, like, because RC, all he wanted to do was upgrade. <laughs> He's so in it for himself. He plays co-ops. It's like he's as playing a video he's game. The only person yeah, yeah, yeah. on the game. That doesn't surprise me at all. Oh my god! Intrepid. There so was like good. one turn where he didn't have enough like energy. Like he barely had enough energy to get out of the red, and he was so pissed off. He was like, "No, no, no! I'm gonna fucking upgrade my energy tile. Fuck you guys! I don't care how much it puts you in debt." He was probably playing France. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, but in Bloodborne, like, and then he, and then it was funny because he also knew the game. So there was a couple of times where he was like, "No, no, no, trust me. If you just like go, if you just go around and just make sure that they can't do this." <laughs> and it kind of like translated. I, th- um, I thought the campaign but, aspect of it was interesting too. I, I felt like it wasn't throwing a ton of like, "Here's this huge big story at you," right. but it was like well, enough stuff cha- that kind of carries chapters. over. Like your decisions matter for the next one to a degree. I, I love the fact that there's a million campaigns. There are only three chapters. Yeah. Uh, you could arguably get it done in a night. That might be a lot. Yeah, probably. But, like, it's not that bad, though. Like, like we were able to get two chapters done in one night. We our, The second chapter that we did, we did in, like, 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, nice. But then there's, like, forks, right? Like, yeah. you, depending on what decisions you choose, you can do some other cool stuff. And even then, like... You gotta be cognizant of that, because if you go do that other cool shit, you're running out of time again. Yeah, true. Super, super fun game. Alfie, I'm so happy. Did you play a physical copy? No. Just okay. online. So, the other thing I want to say is, uh, it probably goes without saying, is that it's like a gorgeous production. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. I mean, like, I'd love to hold like the like figures in my hand. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, so as it is, I think we used... Uh, Bloodborne minis for like for some silly game nice. the other day. Nice, just because we were just bored. Um, all right. Uh, okay, well, I want to talk about some of these top. Let's keep on the co-ed. Let's oh, the co-op okay. games. Co-ed. Let's keep on the co-op. So like, what else? You had so Assassin's co-ed. Creed. So what's, what's your talking guys' favorite miniatures. OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, what do you want to talk about? Alfie? Assassin's Creed. What was that Assassin's like? Creed. How was that? You have it after Bloodborne, so like. What below Bloodborne? Yeah, because I've only played it. Well, 
me, Z-Man, and RC played this, like, we played four missions in a night. Okay. I would love to get deeper into the campaign. This one is a, a much longer campaign. But the missions aren't as long, because that's a, that's a lot of missions. I know. Uh, they're, no, they're, they're pretty short. They're, they're pretty simple. What, what are some of, of like... the objectives? Because I imagine it would be quite different than a lot of other dungeon crawlers. Yeah, is it like stealth? Uh, are you doing a lot of stealth? Because you are in the game. The whole thing is stealth. Ooh, okay. Um, a lot of like, just like the game, like kill someone and try and find this piece of information. Okay. A lot of that. And the information is usually uh, a MacGuffin, right? It's like like some chit is on the board and you just have to go get it. And it's not it's not like you have to to do something. You know where the information is. So one assassin can go grab the information while the other guys are trying to go assassinate whatever. That makes sense. That's cool. Uh the reason why it's here is because again, like Bloodborne, it takes dungeon crawlers and does something completely different in that you want to spend as much time as possible on stealth. You don't want to be like rolling dice to attack, smashing You don't want to be like yeah. Easy, man. And the stealth mechanics are so much fun. How do they work? So every time you go into a room, this is the basic one, you roll dice depending on how many guys are in there and how much like stealth, uh, I don't know, ability you have, depending on what you have. And then that kind of gives you like, you're either seen or not seen. And it's always so stressful. Mm. You know, you're just, okay, you get caught or you don't get caught. And there's other things you can do. Like, like in the game, you can jump into a wardrobe, you can jump behind a bush, you can stay on the roofs. And, like, that simple mechanic is so cool. Because then once you get found, then you're like, okay, what do I do? You usually have a split second or, or one turn to still assassinate someone. Other than that, then you're just in all-out dice combat. Okay, so, and what's the mechanic for, like, assassinating somebody? Uh, you have, so, by the second game, you have your hidden blade. Uh-huh. So you, it's a card. You can just flip your card, hit and blade someone. Okay. If there's only one guy in the room, boom, you hit and blade someone. As long as you can stay there without um, bad guys coming into the room again, you'll go back into stealth. And and how does this work when you're playing with three people? Like, are you guys all each trying to steal a piece of paper? Or is someone like, yeah, oh, we're all the same, luckily we're all the same I made this, made this in triplicate, so I hope someone doesn't steal all three. Well, so Triples you're on the is same best. team, so you, you figure out what the objectives are for the mission, and you kind of split up and do those. Okay, got it. So a lot of times, um, like Z-Man would go do something, and then me and RC would like tag team the kill, the killing. So like there was one time where Z-Man went to go get some information, RC jumped on top of this roof, went through the ceiling, killed the guy... I jumped down and stopped the guards from coming in to find our sea. Cool. And it's stuff like that. Like, that's, like, so cool. Now, like every Assassin's Creed game, at some point you're going to get caught. And it's almost better for you to just run the fuck away. And just hope they don't get to you. Because it... Like, I don't know if you guys have played the older Assassin's Creed game. It's just a mob mm -hmm. of people nice. coming after you. And it's it's just it's so much fun. It's always so tense. We had a blast playing this. And uh like I said, yeah, they were fast. They were fast missions. Like we even lost a couple and then we would go back and play more. Like I had a ton of fun doing this. The rules for people coming in and out of the the campaign also seem very simple. Like 
We did it with me, Z-Man, and RC. I, it seems very easy to just plug someone else into there instead. Sure. So, Dobby wants to come play. Lewis wants to come play. Boom, you just pull them in, and it, it, it seems super easy to bring them up to speed. Nice, man. Yeah, really like this. And then, again... <laughs> <laughs> with with goes without saying, this is a crazy production. I just, um, I, I mean, the box I, I don't is bigger than Mexican Minions. Right. I feel huh? like I should give you kudos for backing this on on Kickstarter, but I mean, you you are just a braver man than I because video game translations to board games, video game translations to any other kind of medium, like it's not a great. Well, it's track funny because I have it on top of my Mex versus Minions box. Yeah, and it's bigger. And so much better. <laughs> yes, it has the giant tower, which is used in almost every map. That's cool. So much fun playing this. I would love to show you guys this one because the system is very unique. And again, like like Bloodborne, like it's just a unique approach to dungeon crawlers. Um, I always go back to what's the, what's the one that Z-Man backed? Maximum Drive. Massive Darkness. Massive Darkness as the most basic dungeon crawling ever. Lots of fun. Super basic, though. Mm -hmm. Roll some dice. Don't get in line of sight. Roll some more dice. Super cool. But, man, these other ones do so much stuff with that kind of idea. Had a blast on it. All right. I've been talking a lot. All right. Let's, let's, uh, I got uh, the next co-op one I want to talk about is Dolby's, uh, number seven, Sea of Legends. Oh, fuck you guys. What's the, what's the pitch Hold on, on that? I'm going to talk about this one, too. Let's do something else real quick. Rico, <laughs> talk about Micro Macro. Oh, man. It, talk about novel, interesting games. At the same time when you play it, you're like, how has this not done been done before? But you have this huge map that's, you know, three feet by three feet. And uh, it's a Where's Waldo-esque world, except that when you look at what's happening in the city, it's like a lot of depravity there's murder there's adultery there's like sex and drugs like uh, just abound in this city of all these tiny little characters going about their day um and the other thing that's going on in the city is that you can trace people and events so you'll open up a mission it'll say hey go find this dude or, or someone just got murdered next to the train station so you go find the train station you find the person that died and then you can trace it forward and backwards. So you can start going back and see, oh, the guy went to this store before that he was you know, at this club, before that he was leaving home. And then you can go the other way and say, okay, the murderer was coming from this other location. And you can kind of just trace their little paths all around the board. And so you're looking for like how they intersected or what the motive was. Like a lot of times it's he saw that this dude was cheating on you know, like his wife was cheating on him with this guy. So then he followed him over here and killed him. Or, you know, this guy owed him money and he lost, he was gambling and then went to a loan shark and then the loan shark put Hitman after him when he couldn't pay. Like it's, it's got these like fun little hooks to, uh, to the motive that's going on there. Um, there's a couple versions of it that are out. There's an online app that does like a free little demo of it. And I wish oh, nice. that they would put the whole thing up there because in all honesty, like you need a super well-lit room to play this game, and even then, you're kind of straining. It's like a big, giant black-and-white map with tiny little you know, pictures on it, and uh, the vector art, being able to zoom in on a nice like, computer display is 
awesome. It's a godsend. So they, <laughs> I wish they would put more of it online. Uh, so this was an SM, the, like them showing off the new one, uh-huh. and their booth was super cool. Like really? the whole booth was like the big map. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. And so you can kind of like go up and do it, and then they were showing off like the new one, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm assuming you backed that, and it's on its way. Uh, it's sitting upstairs. Oh, it's out already. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice, man. Sweet. Um, Alfie, I want to know about Lawyer Up. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah. Um, this is on. This my... was supposed to come out last year, right? No, it it was. You could like back it last year. Uh, well, I guess yeah. technically it did come out last year because last year was twenty twenty one. But nice. um, it like <laughs> you could back it in twenty twenty. It was supposed to come out. I think March of this year. It might have. I don't, I don't remember. Um, this was in my top fifty when we did it, and it's there's four cases. They're working on more, um, but it's a two player card game in which you're playing the prosecution or the defense in a trial. Uh, and there's two. Like, the way it all works is really cool. So you're basically trying to win witnesses and sway the jurors to your side. Uh, Each juror uses one of, like, the six emotional, like, appeals kind of thing. Or not emotional, but different types of arguments. Logical, emotional, corruption. Um, And you can sway them using, like, those different stats on cards. But what's cool is you start with, like, your basic prosecutor deck and defense deck. And then you draft... Uh, from a common deck, you each get three cards. You keep one to add to your deck. You give one to your, give your opponent for their deck, and then one goes in buried evidence. And you do that over a series of rounds of the drafting, and then you shuffle up your deck, draw your cards, and someone calls a witness. Um, and then what's interesting is when you play your cards, there's three things to keep in mind on the card. The first is top left corner has a uh, value, whether it's for the prosecution, the defense, or neutral. And when you play your card, that will add, if it's neutral or your side, will add to your running total to try to win that witness. You're just looking for, like, who has the highest sum value. Um, And then at the bottom is an effect, whether it's when you play uh, the card, it'll have an effect, or if you win or lose uh, the witness, and that's your last card you played, that might be an effect. But then what's interesting is when you go to play your cards, at the top are those six different types of arguments. Uh, and there'll be icons for different ones, and your card has to match one of the icons to one of the previous cards you played had. So the witness starts with, like, maybe two or three, and say one's a logical appeal. You have to play a card. You have to have one that isn't a logical appeal or whatever, and then you play that, and then based on what that card you played had, then you just need icons to match that one. So it's a fun... It's just... It's so much fun, and uh, I played Godfather the murder prosecution and then there's like the art forgery case is the first one and they're Do all you have this one or is this online i i have this one i Can first play with the wife i first played it online uh no i, I haven't played it with anyone else yet um, okay it's i don't know it's like the system is just really really good uh it plays Wait, so could you fairly quickly bring this just in case yeah for sure okay sweet because i would love to try this one out i was super interested in this one yeah uh, I'll definitely have it. It is. Uh, I've heard they're working on like all sorts of new cases, uh, which I think. Yeah, is awesome. I remember hearing something about this team doing some 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 really interesting things going forward. Yeah, and it's it's Mike Nade who made or Ganade. I'm I'm not sure how you say his last name, but I played Brass Empire from him, which was like a a a, a nice little deck builder 
uh, game. And then Samuel Bailey, who made Forbidden Stars. <laughs> which is just, like, wildly different game than, than wow. that. But Seriously. Yeah, Lawyer. I mean, the theme is probably what sells this game so much for me. You make this game about, like, I don't know, something else. Collecting bunnies, like, I probably don't play it. Well, that's like Luke Laurie made Energy Empire. Yeah. And then John Dalby, Luke Laurie went on to make Dwellings of Edervaya. Nice. One uh, that, which is, unfortunately... Uh, I'm surprised... Should we go to honorable I told mentions? you you couldn't have made your list. <laughs> no. It's, it'll, it's, be, it'll be set up when you get here. <laughs> Dude, RC will... Well, if you can grok it, will love Dwellings of Interville. Yeah. That game was... Right. It was so fun. I love that game. I'll leave the sound effect bases for you guys to turn on. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. They yeah. better be full of batteries. All right. They haven't been turned on since we um, got there, so. <laughs> probably not. Oh, God. Like, we're literally just going to play Dwellings and Quad Heroes, and I'm just going to be like, come on, come on. And then we're going to play Concordia, and I'm going to be like, are we going to play nothing new? <laughs> no, I have, okay. I have Hexano. Oh, yeah, you have Hexano. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, um... Rico, you wanted to hear about Sea of Legends? Yep. John Dalby, it's on your list. So, this is one that was kind of in a tie with uh, Merchant's Cove for me. And I figured nobody else would have this. So, that was the real, like, push that I got nice. into my list. Always because got to be different. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be too too similar to everybody else. Because I, f- I had a feeling that Benito and I were going to have, like, wildly similar lists. Because that's who plays we play games together. And while you guys play games with separate groups... Um, but I don't know. Siege yeah, Legends was just that really fun open world game where you have that iPad where you can like explore different stories by doing different things. Oh man, it was! It, I just had a blast playing that, and all the minis are so so beautiful to play with. How's the app? It's so good. Yeah, I think it was like, done really like if well. Had, if you had to rank it among other apps, because I think I, Merchants of or no, uh, 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 Mansions of Madness. Like I get tired of apping <laughs> by the end of like a you know a scenario. Oh, okay. Like just the amount I of clicks that it takes to get something. No, no, done. no, no. no. It, it, it's mean? it's there when it needs to be there. If cool. like if that's the case, I think you would love this app. Okay, cool. Yeah, this, this is a good one at all. Yeah, it's, it's just for story. So you have each person has an enemy, a lover, and their own story. All right, that's pretty cool. And depending on what you're doing, you kind of know, like, oh, my lover is over here. So if you go to this island, you can engage with your lover, at which point you would engage with the app. Or you can engage with yourself, or you can engage with your enemy. Yeah. I always engage Um, with the app. So you can do all these things, right? But you don't have to. You could also just go and, like, fuck people and, like, try and get resources. A lot of or you, or also, which uh, which is why I had it on my list for the longest time is this has the single most most interesting AI I've ever seen. Mm. The 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 NPC players move and act so differently depending on which NPCs you're choosing, and like you really have to worry about them and make sure that they don't win the game. Like it's not a co-op. But at some point, you guys are all like, okay, we all going to have to go fight these guys. 
Like, just for one turn, we all just have to fight them, and then we'll go back to doing our shit. Who who designed this? I don't know. Uh, See, I this had is, the. Uh, this is another one that I'm just so surprised that it's out of nowhere. They, Ryan Sheppels, right? Because like I feel, I feel like dungeon crawler open world things are the most saturated category on Kickstarter. Hundred percent. So, so cooperative, like, story driven game. One, it's yeah. like I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't but even wait into between that the territory. pirate theme and just sailing on the water. And then, like, every time you go into the app, it's so interesting. Yeah. You know that, that same excitement we get from reading, like, Ryan Lockett's stuff? Like, like, like they do that in the app. But now, like, that thing you talk about, Alfie, where in Above and Below, everything's random, right? You know what you're doing. You know if I go over here, I'm going to engage with my lover, so that that's probably going to give me this, this, or this. That solves that, I think, in a pretty interesting way. I think what's interesting, I have never heard of this game ever. I thought I thought <laughs> when I saw Sea of Legends, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of Forgotten Waters. I was oh. like I, forget, I was like, I think that's a twenty twenty game, Dolby, but well, whatever. Yeah. Alright, cool. We'll, we'll we'll make the exception here. And then Another I Another pirate app game. I put it up on Board yeah. Game Geek and I was like, Wait, what is Sea of Legends? This actually looks kinda cool. But um I we love that kind of sandbox. This game is great. Yeah, we'll add it to the list for to play when you're here. Yeah, add that, add Siege of Ruindar. I'd rather... I, I'm probably more interested in those than Dark Tower if it's here, I'll be honest. Wow. Dark Tower is a game that I think you'll be able to play for a long time, but yeah, the amount I mean, of people who own Sea of Legends <laughs> is me. It ain't a lot. Probably not high. Fair enough. Apparently it's one uh, in four people. Yeah. Uh, sick choice. Again, this, this one... Okay, so this and Intrepid got took... I took them off my list last night. Well, you're welcome. I put them on both my lists. Because you had to make way for roll camera? Alright, talk about it, because it does look kind of cool, man. This okay, is a... fuck you guys. I... Roll camera's badass. It does look Again, cool. Again, oh, also co-op, by the way. So, more co-ops, apparently. Oh, jeez. And is this just another cold Kickstarter back that you were just like, I'm going to get this random-ass thing that looks cool? No. I was talking to Alfie about this. As much as my list is, I think, seven Kickstarters and SM games, Yeah. Uh, this is one of the three that I bought at retail. Oh, okay. Unfortunately for you. Are you missing some uh, cool I know. shit? So, so this one fucking sold out at Essen, thankfully. Or not thankfully. Much to my chagrin. Roll camera is super cool. It literally is you're fucking making a movie, dude. And, and you're rolling dice, and the dice all have these cool little icons on them, which is like lighting cameras, actors, or, or whatever. You use those icons to activate different spaces around the board. Every turn, you flip over a problem, which is like, actor doesn't want to come out of his trailer, or the camera stopped working, or, or uh, you don't have enough money. And you gotta like all figure out how to do this, and everyone's someone different. So I think I was a cinematographer, so meaning I could like get the shots we needed to do the scenes. Someone else is a producer, someone else is a director, there's all these different things you can do. The way you win the game is by filming five scenes, and when you film five scenes, you've ostensibly made the movie. The The scenes all have different icons, Okay. and you have goals. So the goals are like, make sure you shoot three scenes with you know such and such icons, and you're like, action, love, or whatever, okay? Like, those are the kind of icons that are on the scenes. 
and the scenes all require to make a pattern with dice on this main board. It's hard to do it without showing you guys a picture. So you have this in the center of the board. I'll grab you a picture. have areas where you can put dice, and you need to get dice in the right order. Almost, almost like creating tetronomos with dice. And once you do that, you film the scene. Now what this does is interesting. Because if I am able to roll the right icons, put them on the board, but I don't finish it, when it's Dolby's turn, he now has less dice to roll. Got it. Because some of the dice are locked down to create that scene. Um, <coughs> what's the we big, play this. What's that big yellow component? Is that a dice tray? I didn't see the picture they put up. Is, is, there, is there like a big plastic yellow thing in your box? I mean, it could only be one thing, right? Oh, no, the picture I, did, I posted did not have a big yellow There's thing. There's no big plastic yellow thing. What the fuck are you looking at? I don't know. I'm looking at BGG. No. Okay. Anyways. Oh, you should have got the uh, Kickstarter version. I should have, <laughs> but I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I also, see, yeah, I also see the yellow thing. Um, it does look like it holds components. It okay. looks like a like a reel, like a film reel. Oh, like a reel. Yeah. Okay. Oh, god damn it. Oh yeah, there so it is. Okay. <laughs> oh, I see it. the picture. Game tray Gosh. insert with player boards and dual. Shut up, guys! Yeah. Just stop talking it's about nice. it. This is cool. It's, it's, that is sweet <laughs> production. I mean, you guys didn't mention nice. the production was so good. Anyways, the dice are super fun. The game is like a lot of tongue in cheek. It's it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of again, a co-op that like just had a lot of conversation with us around it, trying to like make these scenes. You get down to this, like, some of the problems, you have to say, like, you just let it go. Because we can do this right now, let that problem go, and we probably won't, it probably won't fuck us. Yeah. It sounds like I you're not an actual Dolby, producer. you're the one who played it with me. What do you think, man? I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I didn't, to be to be honest, at first, I was not having that much fun. Um, <laughs> like, I, I just, I was like, this, this is kind of weird. But, but as the game as the game went on, I really started to enjoy it. I do love the thematic problems that arise. Yeah, like just just the fact, like the example you gave, like an actor is stuck in his trailer and he's too stupid to get out. Right? It's it, things like that. Like I think like the set was overrun by bees or whatever. It just and it like, does stuff where like you have to put then tokens on things. So like if the set's overrun by bees, you kind of have to cover part of the set. With, with a token, so then you can't use that to, to take a shot. So if you needed to put dice on that area, you got to figure out how to get rid of that. Yeah, and everybody's characters having different little uh, powers in order to, like, help your cause. Like, you're, cause essentially, you're the crew, right? So I think I was, like, maybe, like, director or something. So Were you I... the one that was able to, like, basically, like, tuck abilities and then, like, use them later? No, that was not me. I think okay. I think mine was I could change the uh, what, what where are they? Let me uh, look at this picture again here. Uh, I don't know. I can't I can't see what they're called on this. Oh, that's the other thing. So you, uh, you have the, these things called pitch meetings. Yeah, I could so change the have, script. So I think I may have been like the writer. That's right. You so see, your script is all, are all the scenes on the sides, and he could switch those to yeah. get to the icons you need. Yeah. But you could have pitch meetings. So you all have a hand of cards of ideas, and they're all relatively powerful. But you can never play them. Someone else has to call a pitch meeting. You all basically say why they should choose your card. Yeah. 
whoever's the active player chooses one card to do, one card to basically, like, save, and one card to trash. Just yeah, nice. with, a lot of fun, a lot of interesting You components. got the apples the apples mechanism in there. I, I was hoping more games would okay. use that. That's roll camera. Fuck you guys. The game was awesome. Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. I, at least I don't have micro macro on my list. Oh, <laughs> oh got him. <laughs> Did he though? <laughs> You're right. At least I don't have Scout on my list. Scout though, straight from messing. Ah, love that was Scout. a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Did you get to play Scout? Oh Alfie? yeah, I played it. Nice, dude. That's good. Yeah, I'm That's glad you guys enjoyed it. I did not. I know. That was about, one that uh, that was one of the games that I didn't I didn't get to buy that one. I yeah, tried to go back Dol- on Sunday and Dolby tried to buy it but they were sold out. Yeah. Oh, no. sorry. I would I mean that was like a last minute thing. I was like, "Oh, what I'd else bring it I bring to shove AZ, into my bag." Ben hates it, so blame him. He I don't. played it. He oh, played, he played it too. Uh, Rico's copy. Yeah. No, the game's stupid. Okay. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it okay. enough to buy it and I'm so it was good oh. that it was sold out. Speaking of which, um Rico, real quick, this is off topic. They're bringing Schrodinger's Cat to America. I forgot who's publishing it. Oh, Instaback. That game's it's awesome. Cat Alive or Dead. I'm so excited to play this. That still sounds so good. Oh, yeah. All right, who's up next? What are we talking about? Oh, let's talk about Mind MGMT. Let's do it. Um, I noticed, Dolby, that you didn't put this on your list. I'm a little confused. I also didn't put it on my list. confused. Did you play yeah, it? Yeah, I played it with uh, oh, Rico play it. and Z-Man and Ben uh, Bus. Online. You know, right, so, you know what uh, I'll say it, that was different than our experience, besides it being like an online thing, which I think added a significant amount of play, like time to the to the play, is our our games of it were taking like forty five minutes, and the fact that when the game ends, you can open the box that has the next components, so the loser gets to open a special thing that bolsters their side for the next game. So we we're having these games that were like flying through them. And then you open the box, and it's like, well, I get to see this cool thing. I mean, let's just play with it, right? That's let's cool. go. And so we, we knocked three out in one evening, and uh, I, I did not feel – I mean, if, if Ben's didn't have to wake up at three in the morning, I would have probably wanted to play more. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I still want to open it up, and I still have to wake up at three in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You want to give us the rundown on, on what this game is, Ben's? Uh, my name, GMT, is a one-versus-many game where you got one guy who's essentially – um, traveling around the board secretly trying to recruit I don't know, psychics. Then you have the other team who's trying to find him and like, let's just be honest, we have no idea where the fuck you are. <laughs> yeah. And you're trying so hard. In every game, I love the fact that we started to get a pretty good idea of where you were at. Right when you were about to get your last people. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. That makes me think that if either of us were slightly better, they could have jumped ahead a turn or so. Yeah. It's it's because pretty tightly designed. All the games we played, it pretty much came down to that. Where we'd be like, oh, we thought you were here, and you were like, eh, you're close, but I was actually like, you know, right here. Game two, I, I believe that something messed up and oh, yeah. we game, game absolutely should have caught him but 
somewhere our wires got crossed. That's what's that's what's hard <laughs> in hidden movement games is like as soon as one person like if someone messes something up like one little error it like the whole game kind of loses its purpose. Like right, which is which again is a strength that the game is short. That that yes, that is absolutely. super nice because I, I like I think back and it's like my one play of Fury of Dracula. It's like so infuriating <laughs> that like all I I I. The, a, sp- a location on the board was like blocked by like a person there so I didn't see it and I was like oh I go from this I skip over it in my mind so I like, played the card from the next place that I thought uh-huh. was next and if you do that the rule book is like if you make a mistake as Dracula like game's over you lose and like that's a three hour game yeah Oof. that's yeah. rough yeah, um, that, these were the, really the, quick I was really the good. time frame is probably why this made my list cool. so steadfastly like like just a very very quick game, super fun, super cool. Uh, thematically, it's so weird. I love the names for everything. I I was just having so much fun. Yeah, like even without the weird legacy components where you can just add stuff, the game is so cool. Yeah. I can't imagine playing that intro game without the agents. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty glad I skipped past that. Yeah. Um, but that was fun, man. Like, like even with uh, Rico doing his typical Rico cheating shit, like, we still had a blast. Like, we still had, like, we were dying to play more. Yeah. And, like, again, we come back to the table talk was amazing. Me and Dolby were there, like, he's got to be there, right? Oh, remember right there? Remember there? Like, it's just, it's so much fun. And just jumping in and taking those risks. Loved it, man. Mind management I thought was really, really cool. Again, this is one where I really feel like the in-person of this game has got to be better than the online implementation. Most games are. Like, I, sure. Right, I feel like maybe like are. with Euros, I don't know, I'm trying to think of where something like would still work. This one, something about just touching the pieces and moving around and the dry erase marker is like... It all seems so much more interesting to me than playing online. And I'm trying to be, like, with unbiased, obviously I don't care for online games. I think I think the biggest strength is just being able to open a box and do stuff. And just and have it straight like, there. How, how many boxes are there for each set? Like, eight or something yeah, like that? Yeah, there's a lot. That's, that's a lot of times, and I could see myself playing it enough times to, you know, to ostensibly open all those, which would be... I, that's what that you just, bought it that for. Says, that says volumes yeah. about a game that I want to play it enough times to see all the content. All right. Um, Alfie, I want to hear about Final Girl. Uh-huh. I did not think this would be up your alley. Really? Oh, I wonder yeah. why. Um, but tell me, tell me why first, and then I'll tell you why it's on here. Just thematically, I didn't think it'd be like your jam. Oh, because I'm not a big scary movie guy? Yeah. All right. Fair play. Uh, so Final Girl is from Van Ryder Games, and I'm pretty sure it's based on Hostage Negotiator, which I haven't played. Yeah. Um, but Final Girl is a solo-only game where you're playing the final girl in a horror film who's trying to kill the bad, like, the villain, the killer. Uh, comes with a core box, and then each other box is like a feature film. Uh, that you can play. I played two of them. One is based on Nightmare on Elm Street. So you fight like a Freddy Krueger kind of look-alike thing. Um, 
and then I played the, I think it's an original story they made. It's called, like, Sacred Groves, and there's some, like, it's, like, in it takes place in Africa, and, like, the gods are trying to, like, they send some monster to come after, like, the disrespectful tourists or something. Uh, but it's, like, <laughs> right. it's, all, it's all this, like, small game. You have this little board that, like, the box opens up, and then you take the top off, and that's your board. Um, this a series of locations. You put all these victims out. You put the killer out. You put your person out. Uh, each film plays a little bit differently. And your whole goal is to, like, save victims and attack the killer uh, without dying. But the game, it's, like, very hard, like, intrepid. Like, the game is very hard. It is working very hard to kill you. Every time a victim dies, the killer's, like, bloodlust goes up, which makes them move faster, which makes them hit harder. Um, all sorts of bad stuff starts happening. You get dice based on a horror level that, like, you're trying to decrease so you can get more dice, and the killer's trying to increase it so that uh, you get less dice. But um, what's really cool is, like, on your turn, you play... It's like a hand management, kind of. Uh, you play these cards, and on each card, there's... It's going to cause you to roll some amount of dice from that, that horror track I was telling you about. And uh, each dice, there's two successes. It's six-sided die. Um, there's two successes two failures and then two sides that are like discard two cards to get one success each card you play there's a two success option a one success option and a failure failure is always very bad oh one success is it's like walk one success is walk one space two successes is like walk two spaces but there'll be times where one success is like you lose time and time is kind of your resource you use each round it resets to six um but certain actions will cause you to lose time uh, but at the end of your like playing actions round, you can buy more cards to use on the next round, uh, and you use your time, uh, which will then reset. But what's interesting is you can't use the same card uh, when you play cards. You can't have it the next round. So like you technically lose the cards, and you have a set of like eight, seven, eight cards that are zero cost cards, which essentially like after you play them, not that turn you can't buy them, but the next turn you can buy them back. Um, but then the other cards, so like, if I buy a sprint and I play that sprint, that sprint goes back in the pile, and I have to go buy that again if I ever want to use it. Um, but it's just so difficult. I mean, the killer's, like, <laughs> tracking down, and you'll feel good. You'll be like, oh, like, I'm just hitting the killer. Like, they have three or four uh, health left, and, you know, you're setting up. I had one I was, like, setting up for a critical hit, which, like, I could hit get three hits, and I had another card I could play, which could automatically turn whatever I had into full successes. I was like, I'm going to get him, I'm going to get him. And then he hits me for like, hits me twice for like 10 damage. And I was like, well, I start with six, so I, I'm pretty dead. Uh, but it's just, each film plays a little different. I think the second season's coming out pretty soon, and it's going to be like six more, yeah, five, six more. Like, um, films, it's just a lot of fun, and it's very hard. It's similar to... Intrepid. I think I, I, I like Intrepid more. Um, obviously, it's higher on this list. Uh, but yeah. Final Girl, it's like very much you're trying to figure out like how can I, how can I survive? Intrepid. I feel like you're trying to figure out how to solve a problem. In Final Girl, you're like trying to figure out like how can I survive, but also like jab the killer as I run by. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Awesome. Yeah. It seems super cool. This is getting huge buzz in the community. Like, from people who, like, don't even play solo games, like, everyone's really excited about this one. Alright. So, so Dolby, uh, real quick, because I know Alfie's got some stuff he wants to talk about. Red Rising at number four. That's wild. 
I, way too that wild. That is a high spot. Wild. I, and I, I love me some fucking Jamie. Like, I will fucks to Jamie. But this is high. Teach their own. Uh, what what, uh, what I, player I, count did you play with? So we played with four. at least four in each game. Yeah. Alright. What, what is that face? I, I, so I, I, I played it with, is it five or six? That it, what's the max player count? Seven, I, I think. Six. Oh. Is it seven? I don't think it's seven. W, you just got a copy. What is it? I played with six. Okay, I, I think we played with six, and it was just like, there was, I I feel like it, it probably plays better the lower the player count. So I can, just knowing the game, I think it would be probably pretty chaotic with six. I wish we would have been able to play it at Gamesgiving. Like, oh, yeah. It, that would have been a great foray into seeing how chaotic that would be. Uh, but just being able to plan, just being able to plan which cards you're going to take from the different columns with yeah. six people. Like, cause you can kind of plan with four. Cause like, okay, I think no one will go here. There might not be another card placed down or might, there might be a, a one card placed down, but someone takes it because they like that card. It, 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 it feels so random to me. It, well, I, I that's how I felt. Maybe I just need more plays, but it's like, oh, I know that this card, l- l- you know, lends itself to this strategy or or works well with this other card. But you may never see any of those cards ever. Was it was it a Jamie design? Yeah. yeah. He's been working on this design for a, a long just, time. It seems it's, because he's it's been probably because it's cards. I would think world. it's cards. Like no, is no, no, what no, makes no, something no, hard. No, come on, fuck you guys. You guys clearly don't listen to Jamie ever. He is riffing on Fantasy Realms. Well, I know that, but I also read a thing where he was talking about how he had tried to design a game in this world before, and it well, didn't. Because he likes, yeah, he wanted right. to design That's a game in Red Rising before, right. but this specific game is literally just Fantasy Realms with more. Well, I'm glad substance. I never played Fantasy Realms. Oh my gosh, Fantasy Realms is great. <laughs> like both, all you guys are fucking crazy. I like John's choice. I just think it's high. Can you admit though that uh, so, this doesn't feel so, like a Jamie game? Like this has nothing my, in common my with ranking, any of his other games. Dolby. I don't th- know if I've played another one Scythe. of these games. What's another? Scythe. Oh, Scythe. Oh, uh, I mean, this is you know, this wildly was... different. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> Just want to make sure. You know what? Fuck you guys. Red Rising's great. It's in my. It's it's a. Uh, oh, it's your it's eleven. Okay. It's my eleven. It's not my eleven. My eleven is uh, intrepid. Probably might be. No, I really like the game. I like I the like pieces. Too. I've had a blast every time we play it. Yeah. Also, I have the deluxe edition, so I have like a like a like a little gold yeah, pair of yeah, wings yeah. that you get. We so play with I. that too. It's great. Okay. Yeah. It's great. I oh. think it is a fun game. I I will have to defer to your judgment on the six player ability of this game and having it still be fun. I, I didn't but yeah. at, at, at four players it's pretty great. Okay. I, I think at, at five than viticulture. Get the fuck out of here. You can leave. <laughs> you can end this call, it'll stop all of us. You can still end the call. That is a ridiculous thing. You don't actually believe that. Of course not. Alright. Okay, so speaking that. of games that uh uh it's kinda chaotic with higher player count, I gotta talk about Sub Astral. This is like a small box card game in which I think the theme is like your researchers trying to journal like these different biomes, but it's basically a card game and there's eight different biomes, uh, which make up all the cards you're going to be playing. 
and cards are numbered from one to six. Then there's six locations that are like on a board. Uh, and you fill those up and it's like a tableau builder and hand management. So on your turn, you play one of your biome cards onto the board with what, whatever number spot it is on the board. And you either take cards to the left of it with a lower number or to the right with a higher number uh, of a location. And so like if I play a three and I take the ones, I bring those cards to my hand. Ones and twos I'd bring to my hand uh, at that location, but if I took from the four, five, or six spot, all those cards come into my tableau. But what's interesting about the game is that the, the, the scoring, like there's, there's two scoring elements of it, and both kind of work against each other. So you, you score like, when you grab the biomes, you place them from left to right, and uh, each biome has its own column. And so as you grab more, like, savanna, you'll bring them down uh, to create more rows. But your columns are the eight different biomes, so the most you'll ever have is the eight columns. Uh, and you score the columns that have the most cards in them. But you, the further along they are, the later you got them in the game, the higher, uh, the more points each card's worth. So if it's in the eighth row, each card's worth eight points. If it's in your second row, each card's worth two points. So you want your cards to be in that last row. Uh, in the last columns, but you also score the rows you have of an of a complete like sets like an unbroken set. So if you have all eight biomes, you score thirty points for that, thirty six points for that. But then you score like you go to your second uh, column, and if you have it's like as many cards as you have in your first biome, that's how many rows you can score essentially. But you only score until each like unbroken set. So if you have one card in your third uh, column, you're only ever going to score the first two as far as your horizontals um, after that first one. So it's like, in that you want more cards in your first row columns, but then if you want to score the verticals, you want more cards in, in the last columns. And I feel like none of what I said just made sense. I tried so hard to figure out how to like describe this game, but it is, <laughs> it, wait, do you, do you I own don't this own one? it, but we played it a few times at game night. Um, like I chose it one oh, night. This is, this is Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback, right? So, yes. Beat Mots, baby. Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which are Wasteland I really Express? I play this one. Is that who that is? Yeah, Wasteland yep. Express. Uh, Dolby, this is... Uh, what's the one that you loved? Oh, Fleet the Dice Game? And Pete Mott's. Yes, oh, no one has Come on. Except us. I, I, I think that their card games are really interesting. Yeah. Dude, I, I I was really excited about this. I don't know why I thought this was a two-player yeah, it's game. It's like two to five, I think. Um, it's a, it's, it's oh fun, though. It, it is like... But it, like Dolby was saying, like... If I if I play a card and then the next player goes, I'm like, oh man, that two, I really want to grab those twos next round. It, by the time it gets to me, the two is going to look completely different than what it looked like, because it's like, and that's probably the one flaw with the game is that like any like sort of juicy pile, most people could use. Like there is some strategy Ooh. and planning in it. I'm not any good at it. Um, I feel like, but it's a game I want to get better at. I'm like, I want to play. I want to actually try different strategies because there's not so much. I feel like I actually can work right. towards a different strategy. All right, it's twenty bucks on Amazon. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. Yeah. So like when I saw this game, I actually thought it was Astrum, and I about nice. lost lost it because that was the one game at Essen that I really wanted to like one buy, but apparently it was not ready. It's a twenty twenty two game. It hasn't come out yet, and I was like, "How the hell does he have it?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that went to Germany to buy it. <laughs> uh, this looks sick, dude. I'm I'm excited you got to play this, and that it was so high on your list. I think Riddle and Pinchback 
are interesting designers, and uh, I don't know they 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 they're very diverse. Yeah. Like Wasteland Express mm-hmm. is way different than Fleet the Dice sure. game. Oh, Rico, did you ever end up playing Wasteland? No. Oh man. We did it over Skype. Like we that was did. awesome. It was a tough. It was the first game I think we played over Skype. But yeah, I think I played the game like six, seven times. It's a lot of fun. You played Wasteland six, yeah. seven times. That's amazing. Jesus Christ, bro! You know what the first game me and Rico played over Skype was? Madeira. Madeira. Which is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I should have their. I should have their new one pretty soon. <clears throat> their Fleet the Dice game follow up, Three Sisters. Rico, what were you asking me about this next game? Uh, uh, you said you had a lot of stuff you wanted yeah, to know. Yeah, no, Rico asked me something, though. I forget what it was. Oh, oh yeah, I, I, I want to know why the box art for Corrosion is so, so bad. That's the, not the only thing bad about that game. Let me tell you. All right. It's, so you're number five. Oh, okay. Capstone is a reputable publisher. They don't make shit. Capstone's games. great. Like, the the like game the on? game itself is fantastic. The components I gotta just so there's these gears in the game which are just these like cardboard. There's chrome, which are like actually look chrome. They like found a shiny silver to put on top of it, <laughs> and then you have um two other types or whatever. They get smaller, but the punch board is so thick. It's like five layers thick when you look at the side. And when you go to punch it out pulls up on the sides of all the gears so like i punch all these cardboard um gears out and they're all like already like look all fucked up love that and i was like oh maybe it actually wouldn't have been worth it to make it like super they're like oh super thick cardboard it's like yeah well that actually just ruined the gears but that's okay um but this game's awesome i mean so yeah there you go that that's the one there's the cover it's the cover uh but that the, the gameplay itself is sick. On your turn, you either like turn your corrosion wheel, which is awesome. I'll get to that. Or you play one of your engineers. The engineers are like suited in one of the three colors, uh, numbered from one to four. And then there's a, there's an awesome follow mechanism, where if I play a green two, you guys can follow what I the action I'm doing with my guy. If you play a green card that's a green three or a green four, but what that does is that makes it so that like. Now you played that card. You're not going to be able to use that card on your turn. Uh, and you always place. Yeah, go ahead and punch one of those out and see see what I mean. Oh my god! It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Wait, but is that a is that a first player wrench? Is yes. that what I'm seeing? All no. is forgiven. Wait, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a real wrench. That would have been cool. Oh I would have actually liked the metal wrench. Oh, like look look how look how thick yeah. this is. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. It's already, like, yeah, fraying at yeah. the bottom here. So, um, but what's cool is every time you, like, play one of your engineers, you put them in, in one of the sides. You have this, this corrosion wheel, and the, there's, like, four quadrants or whatever. Um, number one, two, three, and then the X. The X is, like, when you hit, when an X hits one of the quadrants, everything in that system runs, and you get your engineers back. I think thematically it's, like, the engineers were, like, put to work, and now they're finished, and now they can come back to your hand. Um, but you're like grabbing more machines. You're running a factory. You're like grabbing more machines uh, to have run and like do various things. What's cool is like there aren't that many resources. There's water, the different three different gears, and then like points you'll sometimes have to pay to do stuff or whatever. Uh, but it's just like it's a really fun 
like over steamworks over something yeah. like that like it's probably in that level of like factory like machines um that you're running you're working you're grabbing new machines uh, on different turns and uh it's just like as far as it's not like super brain burning but it's like a quality like medium weight like euro nice uh okay so gonna get to our number ones pretty soon here but dolby you have two games i want you to pick one to talk about I think it's going to be our your number four and my number two. I think that's no, no, that's not the one you want to talk about. No, I'm, I'm going to give you two games, and I want you to talk about one of them. Okay, I want you to talk about either Rollbenders or Blood of the Northmen. Oh, that's a tough pick. Uh, I'm going to talk about Blood of the Northmen. Yeah, oh, oh boy, uh, Blood of the Northmen was. I don't know. It's a like a map builder type game. Uh, that that was like my favorite piece of it. Just starting with like whatever you start as, and then like just this map being built, and it's just complete chaos. And you're trying to. I I don't even know how to describe this game. I'm not very good at these breakdowns. So, uh, this game probably should have made it. Like thinking about it, like because this is really cool. He's right. You're building a map, and then as you put a tile down. Depending on what aspects are on your tile, like forest, lakes, roads, dictate what actions you can take. So not only are you building this world, the world tells you how to act. I don't know. It's 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 huh. so chudic. That's cool. I had a lot. Then, I had a lot of fun playing it. And then quickly you realize, the whole game is just attacking each other. And like, depending on what I forgot, I forgot what what um, I think it's mountains lets you attack. I believe so. You're, so. Just, you're just placing on your armies all over this world. You move them around, and then you're just attacking each other. And it's one of those games where, since the whole game is attacking each other, no one really feels picked on. Nice. So no one, no one really gets upset because you're just all attacking everyone. And it also really helps when you end up like the very start of the game, getting a, a ability where you get plus one when you're defending. And oh, so yeah. you always and everyone has like their own abilities. It's just it's just a cool game. There's minis in it. The art on the tiles is pretty. We just had a blast with this one. Also, again, come back to kind of like my MGMT. This is a fast game. It took us like 45 minutes. Yeah. On a first playthrough. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. Um. Yeah, this is maybe more than any other game one that I I needed to spend more time with to make on my list because I really really enjoyed this. I uh, I still think Impulse is probably a better game. When that just might be my Alfie dedication. And I just look at each other. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> actually, to, but this is to Benz's, I actually texted him recently and was like, I would like to play Impulse again. I gotta get another play of that game because I didn't. The, my mind does not work with the way that game plays, but I am interested in playing and that we game. Ha- again. We have some gaming experience under our belt now and can appreciate yeah. like what it's trying to do. Absolutely. Which is what I was thinking. Okay. But quick quick thing about Rule Benders, it's just organized chaos. I, I loved it. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Uh, so quickly, for those of you guys who don't know, Rule Benders is a game we got at, at Essen. I don't even know when it's going to become available. I think it might have been on Kickstarter. Um, was, yeah. You, you start off the game by picking, I think, three or four decks, and they're like vampires, 
prehistoric caveman, um, science had... fiction, whatever, yeah. like all like all these different things. So basically, smash up. Yes. Yeah. And then. <laughs> the no, whole... it's a one for one knockoff. Yeah, the whole board is a game in which you're trying to win majority, and when you win majority, you're able to change the rules of the game, which include your hand size, how much you draw, how much money you get, what is used as money for that turn, which is very fascinating. Oh, that's cool. So you have, like, gold, um, computer chips, and cards. Cards is super fun. When cards are used as money, like, it's very interesting. Their cards are their money. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And bones. So are their bones. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... It is. He's right. It's organized chaos. It, it was. It was really cool. RC did a great job at embracing the chaos because he would just take these ridiculous turns to just create mayhem, and it was so much fun. Uh, I, I definitely want to spend more time with this one because again, there's. It comes with all these different decks, and we only played with a handful. Uh, I would. I don't know if this would have made my top ten. I, I really need another play with it. I need another play with it, because it, it's super cool. Easy enough that I think anyone can play it, uh, but I'm super happy that I got it. It's a lot of fun. All right. Interesting fact about our top one, guys. Every one of our top ones is at least on someone else's list. Now, for my list, my numbers one, two, and three are all one of your top ones. Yeah, that is cool. Wow, that's cool. Fuck yeah, guys. I am so in tune with my friends. <laughs> All right. Let's start with Alfie. Alfie, your number one is Rico's number yep. five. So you both have the four. Uh, All right, so we chose Dominant Species Marine, which I guess for me... Oh, might actually be because I never played it. What? I mean, I never got the chance to play it, so it might have been oh, a one, too. It's so good. I think you would even like... I think you would like it more than Original Dominant Species. Um, for me, it was a bit of a no-brainer. I heard this was coming out. I was, a, I was slightly wary, but, I mean, Dominant Species was my number one game when we did our top 50. Um, and I think Marine has one huge change. There's, there's some small changes or whatever, um, but there's one huge change, which is, like, instead of... In regular dominant species, you like program the worker placement at the beginning of the round. Everyone goes through, you choose all your worker placement spots, and then we run from one to like fifteen or whatever, and we run through everything um, on the board. Dominant species marine instead, when you place your pawn somewhere, you immediately take that action on the board. Um, but the caveat with that is when you go to place a subsequent pawn, you can only go either to the right on that same row or below it. So it's no longer a race to everybody goes and grabs the dominant action and then to make sure they can get one uh, to score points and get, grab the cards and then like goes through and figures out what they want in that you're like planning more you're realizing um i think you have more educated guesses as to what your opponents are going to do uh you can guess okay i think they're going to take the sun uh, resource add that to their board so this will change that for them instead it's like much more chaotic and for me it's like kind of fun i don't I don't think I like it. I don't think it's a better game. It looks way better. The art is gorgeous on it. Because <laughs> um, it's not just white and greens. But it... I think I think the timing is, is more interesting. And then I think 
therefore more fun. Yes. Because your workers stay on the board until you pull them back. Like and Euphoria. So everyone is also doing exactly like Euphoria, so you don't have rounds. Which it's is just easily persistent. Jamie's best game. Uh, moving right past that one. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, blocking becomes an integral part of the game. Yeah. When do I pull back? When are they going to pull back? Uh, so that you can snag somewhere. And those decisions are, are really fun to play with, too. There's special pawns, like when you have... I forget exactly how they work, but basically it's like you get them when you have the most of a certain kind or whatever. And then you can kind of break the rules a little bit on placing that pawn in different places. Um, but what's interesting is I feel like the game swings a lot more. And a lot of people, actually, that I've heard, like do not like Marine as much. They like Dominant Species. They really like Dominant Species. They like play Marine. They're like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to play that again. Uh, for me, I would definitely play this game again because it is like I had moments in one of my plays where like I had almost nobody left and then a couple turns later I've like completely repopulated the board and like they have almost no one left and it's like the fact that that can happen in a game it's just so interesting it's so much fun yeah no for sure so yeah that was my number one right. and Rico's number five alright uh, let's move on to Dolby your number one is my number three. What do we got? Uh, before we go into that, how much pain are you in drinking that beer right now? Uh, after five of those, it's not that bad. Okay, that's good. <laughs> He's drinking one of my patented sour beers that I bring over. So, And he is not a sour fan. So, It's, just, I, I, it's, it's weird not having something in my hand when I'm talking. <laughs> That's fair. If you, if you notice, Al Alfie always has his mic in his hand. Rico does this thing where he swivels in his chair. I lean back. I like. Yeah. Again, Alfie always got a bevy in his hand, and I kind of am similar. All right, all right. But um, back to Rocket Man. Uh, Rocket Man. I mean, what's not to love about this game? It's space themed, deck building, and has the awesome push your luck mechanic in there that makes the game so much fun for literally anyone playing. Yes, it's competitive, but at the same time, when you launch, everybody is almost rooting for you, but okay, like semi-rooting against right you. Let's, let's explain this, because I, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head. Is this launch mechanism is so much fun. Yeah, I like that. That was like full-on Billy Mays product selling right there. <laughs> right. Do you like fun? So, Do you like rockets? <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, so Rico, you play this. I think you own it now? Yeah, I do. Um, we play this a handful of times. Every time when someone's launching, no matter if they're going to like take something that you want, you are so excited to see if they succeed. You almost want them to succeed, too. Because it takes, it takes time and effort to assemble all the pieces in your launch pad to launch to someplace depending on where you're at in the game. Especially if you're going to Mars in this game, it, it's hard to get there. And so if someone has a chance at even like launching towards that and even trying to accomplish that, you're like so on board. It's like, this is going to win him the game and he's going to run away with it, but let's let's go. Yeah, and like, it almost stops time. You're like, I'm going to launch. Everyone stops looking at their cards. Everyone stops planning what their move is. And everyone's like, okay, let's go. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and they're there, and they're watching you move that rocket up the spots. Yep. And you're like, okay, 
Okay, you start at, you start at spot five. You got this. As long as you don't draw two ones, you're good. Then the next Everyone's card, boom, cheering one. You, on. you draw one. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You still got one left. It's dude. No, it's so much fun. It's a beautiful game. I think if you didn't kickstart it, sorry, Eric, you're it is you're kind not of a beautiful it, game. It's not a beautiful game. <laughs> or if you would have bought it through the site that shall not be named. Um. And you were promised to get all the Kickstarter stuff, and then you didn't get all the Kickstarter stuff. Then it's really a bummer. But, but yeah, sorry. this with the chits seems less fun. So um, my but... my biggest criticism of the game doesn't function like exists because of all the things you listed as as being fun. I think the game is too long. I think it it okay. takes too long, but it needs to be a. The fact that there is the threat that you won't succeed your mission means that the game can take longer. Because if yeah. you yeah. fail, which is a very real threat, you don't progress. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and if that happens to a bunch of people who yeah. are playing riskily, then the game can it, it can be quite long. And I think it it hits that point where it overstays its welcome. Well, I mean, our game in Nashville was like two hours, I think, at least. I think yeah. two hours is like on the shorter end of what that game yeah. can take. And yeah. so ultimately I feel like that's too long for what it is. Um, Martin Wallace though, killing it really, really good. Uh, I kept joking that he could be on this list three times. He's only on my list once. Um, but I, I love this game. This is my number three. Yeah, I, this, I, this is one of the ones like I'm bummed I didn't get a play because I feel like would have definitely been on my list if I'd gotten a chance to play because it looks... I remember when it was like for pre-order or whatever. It looked awesome. Um, it, Again, when you come out, we'd be still down to play. I have the Kickstarter version with all the fun stuff. It. So Let's do it. Yeah. And I know Dolby would be so we'll excited. Have to, we'll have to get a... I will always we'll play this game. We'll have to get a game. shared Excel file where we can figure out what games... We're gonna rock out too. Yeah, like I said, me and John kind of talked about some stuff. I know Alfie, me and you, been talking about some stuff. All right. Um, Another thing that you have to play is cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go. So, so I have to. I'm gonna have to go um, real quick, but I will say, and it's probably good I'm getting out because I think I'm the only person in the world that doesn't like your guys's top ones. Um. Okay, so real real quick, I know you gotta leave. Give us your your thirty second why Sleeping Gods is not on your top ten. I thought the game, uh, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I thought the story was good. I didn't like the combat. I didn't like the way you, like, manage your guys. Um, I just didn't find it interesting at all, unfortunately. Uh, I know I'm in the minority with that. Uh, like, if the only other pirate game I played is Seafall. I would rather play Seafall because I feel like the game in there uh, was something I want to do. Uh, the deck building aspect and, and, and choosing uh, who you're having in the different areas that you're going to do, I find more interesting. I felt like Sleeping Gods felt a little bit like a video game to me, and I'm not the biggest video game guy. Uh, and I think that's probably it. it. It wasn't... I don't think it's a bad game at all. I think it's not my cup of tea. Nice. And Oath is like the uh, weirdest game Alfie, I've ever always played. always a pleasure. Wait, it's, <laughs> it's the what game? Weirdest, weirdest. Weirdest. And it's like, I loved Pac. Premier second edition. I think that's an amazing game. Cole Whirly. Uh-huh. Oath. No thanks. <laughs> well, you guys. Those of you still listening, you'll get to find out our thoughts on this in a couple minutes here. 
Alfie, we love you. We cannot wait to see you One in month. 2022. February's going to come, and it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to see it's you again. You guys. Thank you. Sign off. Wait a minute. See you. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with my number one before we get to yours, Rico, because uh, I think yours is uh, very exciting. So my number one, Edging Out Sleeping Gods, is Oath. Uh, Rico, did you get to play this one at all? No. Okay, so, okay, this is fine. Um, I think I get Alfie's pony with this is just a weird-ass fucking game. Yeah. Because it is a weird-ass fucking game. Totally it agree. It is unlike anything I've ever played. It is so... Whatever the opposite of Jamie does, like if Jamie makes intuitive games, this is the complete opposite. <laughs> this is not intuitive. This is fighting against your better judgment to make these weird decisions in which to make the game. But I love this game to pieces. I think it's so much fun. There's no flavor text on any of these cards, and yet this game, I think, told in gave me some of the most amazing stories of board gaming that I had this year. I had so much fun playing this game, whether it was the absurdity of combat and just chucking a shitload of dice against each other, or seeing RC yelling like to people to stop trying to overtake him and succeeding for the most part. It, it was just so cool. Um... The game is Oath. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what the game is, or you've heard of the game. I'm not going to fucking try and explain it to you. This game is so cool. It is a plethora of interesting mechanisms and fun. I'm, it has card play. It has dice. It has things that I've never seen before. The closed economy can't wait is to play the next my... game because Dolby is the chancellor now. Oh, that's cool. Absolutely. I finally dethroned RC, and it shall be mine. Uh, oh, did, did it end up making your list? It did, at number yeah, five. Yeah, number five. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Uh, I, it could have gone higher had we gotten that last play where I actually got to be the chancellor. that last play. In. Yeah, we, we kept trying to fit it in. I just it, We just never happened. But, but one of the mechanics that I was trying to mention is the closed economy in this. Yeah. Where there's only a finite amount of resources in each different type and i thought that was like super cool i've never seen a game like that before but i do have to agree with alfie that oof man this game did not make any sense that first time <laughs> i played it oh yeah and, and i almost won yeah like i happened into the most bizarro strategy that i was just starting like well i'm just gonna place all my stuff here because obviously going after RC and attacking him every single turn is not working out for me. And it turned out that that almost won me the game. <laughs> but yeah, love this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited play. to keep playing this. This is this weird, it's not legacy. It's not campaign. It just lives. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Way to go. Rico. All right. Number one. Yeah, it's probably like the most talked about game. I, I would assume if you're listening to other podcasts or, reading about board game media uh but this is Lockett's newest biggest boldest offering um yeah and i can actually understand a lot of alfie's criticisms for it i think at some point it becomes really unwieldy so as you're it's a it's this big exploration world 
each map is comprised of a bunch of different islands with different locations you can go on and you sail your little boat and you pick a location you go to it and it like is a video game you know you go to a town and there's a bunch of different choices you can go to the tavern and talk to the bartender you can you can go talk to this other guy and just it gives you uh, a branching set of choices at every single location uh, but as you collect items that can be shared communally across the, the different explorers in your uh, on your boat, your crew, like you get a lot of shit. Like I think where <laughs> I'm at, I've got like 25 cards, and I don't find it difficult to manage. Like that part's actually fine. But the table is just like, well, here's the 30 cards that we have in our inventory, and here's each person, and then their ability cards that you've purchased. And so it's it's kind of unwieldy. I, I don't know if that's a... I think depending on your perspective, it could be a strength or a weakness of the game. Um, but the, another, the biggest strength that this game has is a story and writing that is coherent and engrossing. Uh, I will say that a lot of other games have fine writing, you know, flavor text or whatever it is on the cards, and you kind of just go, okay, okay, you're rolling over here and you're doing this thing. But in Sleeping Gods, you'll meet this serpent prince, and he's like, dude, I just had a huge fight with my father. He's chilling in the South Seas. Like, if you go kick his ass, then I swear you're going to get this awesome loot. And you're like, dude, I'm so scared to go fight this, like, serpent king, but that sounds awesome. And, like, you write it down on your map, and it's like, serpent king is down here. Let's go find him when we get enough gear. And so, like, my map is just full of, like, I met this dude who said there's this thing over here. And I can't wait to get over there. Like, I want to go get this shield. I want to go fight this guy. I want to do all these things. And, man, I've never actually had that happen to me in a board game. No, this game is actually open to end in. Like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like, I don't know, like, it still feels like you're progressing. It still feels like you're playing. Um, we... Thankfully, got it in at the end. Here. Yeah. And we played for hours. And literally, the only reason we stopped, because I was like, okay, we gotta stop. Because this is just gonna keep going. Yeah. yeah it, it does feel like you could just play another turn, you know? Like, yeah. For sure. And we were just having a blast the whole time. We are just like, oh, like let's go here. Let's explore this. Oh, check this out. Here, read this shit. And literally, you want to talk about solving the problem that Alfie and Z-Men have with Above and Below. Like, this is explicitly like, oh, wherever you go is very uh, important to the location and to what you've done before. Right. Like, that all... Sometimes. ...makes that happen. Sometimes. Unless you're me, then whatever space you visit and explore, your ship is taking damage and it's taking a lot of damage. So, Dolby did have have the, 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 the luck of picking those random spaces where it's like... You got struck by um, lightning, lose yeah, two damage. Yeah, you got damage. struck by lightning, like, oh. take two damage, return yeah. to your ship. Yeah. Like, I oh, say, cool, thanks. There's a million positives that I could say about the game. If I had to pick another negative, I will say I, I am not a fan of the event deck that you draw at the start of each turn. It feels Dude, so inconsequential. So many of the events we would pull, and then we'd do them, right? We'd satisfy them, and then we'd be like, oh, what do we get? We're like, no, 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 we get to not die. Yeah, but that's the thing is, like, you take two ship damage, but if you just have an ability card equipped to another character, 
that says heal shift damage for you know one uh one of the little blue command tokens or whatever right then the event comes up and i'm like yeah who cares don't even yeah. read the event don't even read don't even do the skill check just take two damage i'll heal it later and like yeah. that became most of my events and that shit is boring right yeah it's just kind of tedious yeah i get that but i mean like like you said though like you it sounds like you played a little bit differently than we did so you were saying like, like oh hey like go and fight my dad he's the serpent king so you're like okay cool i want to go get the shield and the sword and then we're gonna go battle yep on our end we had rc was like no nah, we're gonna go battle now got it and so it's yeah. like let's go to this hard space and oh my god like he was like no 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 those centipede and that's that fucking snake we can take him right now yeah I mean, and this is, like, the third can't. turn of the game. Like, yeah. like not, like, third round. Like, third turn. Like, Benito was first, I was second, then RC goes. <laughs> He's like, I want to fight somebody. <laughs> like, we, like, we haven't we played. Did. You know, thanks to some strategy. Yeah. But, like, it took a lot of strategy. the next two turns healing. Right. Which I, also I, I is super say, fun, that you can kind of just do that. Yeah. yeah. And so that that stuff at the beginning is perilous. You might not have that much gear or that many abilities, that kind of thing. Right. But I think at some point you reach cruising altitude, and it's like the events don't matter to me anymore, and everything else is like kind of kind of tedious. It just is like Which is what I want to go to the place, too, read like... something cool, find a cool quest to go on, and then get there and do it. And everything yeah. else that's in the middle of that, which is the events and the like, moving of your boat through the maps. Ooh, might not be yeah. the most interesting yeah. <laughs> TBH. Yeah, and see, and that's my issue with actual video games, is that there's so much of that, like, you're just gathering items so you can even have a chance at doing something. Right. So the fact that, like, even early on in the game, that we battled something that, like, there's no way we should have won this thing. It took so much strategy to do it, but yeah. we ended up, did we did beat it, and it didn't, like, set us back a ton, but it just, like, it forced us to say, all right, we're going to have to heal. We're going to have to do a lot of different other work in order to to move on to the next piece of this game, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Dude, great choice. 2021, solid year for games, solid year for Drop the Dice. Yeah. Guys, I am so proud of us for what we've accomplished. I think for the first year, we have a successful podcast. Whether it's listeners or not, we've... The content out, is there. Like, content. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, like not only consistent content, content that we can be proud of. Uh, we've been doing, uh, in the can, we have a rehash of our favorite games, I think, of 2018. Uh, that's about to come out soon. Yeah, that was super fun. Yes. But in listening to the original podcast, it is a lot different than the way we approach things now. Just... I don't know. I'm so happy to see the growth that we've done. I'm so happy to see where we're at. I'm so happy to see where we're going to go. 2018. Year, dude, Rico, to see you in a couple months. The possibility that we may have a surprise guest. Oh, man. Yeah. The podcast from Nashville is going to be epic this year. Uh, yes. And we're going to do it four hours before our flight. That's right. Not yes, an hour before our flight. Let's do that. Also, no matter what, even if surprise guest doesn't come, which, 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 which I hope he does... RC's going to come. Yeah. Surprise guest number great. one. Super excited. Guys, this was great. Thank you so much. Dolby, thank you for joining us. Great list. Rico, great list. Um, bus, 
Hey, you're across the pond. You're not quite here yet. Why don't you go ahead and play us out? Fuzzies didn't make any of our lists. Uh, Dolby almost had Dick Newfies on his, but he had to mm. make place for Siege of Rundar. Okay. I would... Yeah, I, I, I replaced Dick Newfies with Die of the Dead. I figured I should have an actual like full-on board game. Nice. I don't subscribe no, to that. He micro macro okay. on here. Dude, Die of the Dead's great. Die of the Dead it is great, and it made my list after our last playthrough. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah that was a lot of fun. Uh, right. What's up, Rico? No. Eric, Rico. I don't, I don't think there's You want to jump to number ones? Because each of our number ones is on well, one of the person's list. Let's wait for that. I do want to talk about a couple of the other games on my list still. I know, but I don't, I don't want you to leave I'll I'll before we finish. I'll go very quick. Okay. Okay. I'm going to come back in, and then I'll okay. go to you to talk about something. Are you going to talk about why the art for Corrosion is so bad? the cover oh you can't even see it there's no cover also the components are shit <laughs> i'll get to that too are they really it's all cardboard <laughs> yeah i've only seen the cover what what game is it that that that, that cover is Corrosion. reminiscent of steamworks no i hear it's you not steamworks there's yeah. like an abstract game that has almost that you. identical cover we're gonna come back all right so, Alfie, tell me why your number Light five game is shit. such garbage. <laughs> your number I'm sure, five I'm sure game. I'm sure it's good, man, but I, I, I do judge a book by its cover. 